You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, today's edition of the Locked On Titans podcast is brought to you by NFL Game Pass. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. See all the action from every game with full game replays. You can also replay an entire game and catch all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never starts. Stops and football never stops here on the Locked On Titans podcast as well. So make sure that you are subscribed on whatever platform you do stream and follow me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans for additional content, including my weekly Tic Tac Titan film breakdowns throughout the regular season. But it is time to jump into today's episode, and the Titans made Two roster transactions as we have grown accustomed to seeing them do on non-practice days. And since the Titans didn't practice on Wednesday, it freed them up to make a couple more moves before September 5th. That is Saturday, the cut-down day at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So the Titans make a couple moves here, make a signing, make a cut. I'm going to talk about why these moves happened at these certain positions and what it means for the Titans heading into cut down day. But then I'm going to give you guys a Rollins rant, seeing a lot of conversation, a lot of talk on my timeline about Isaiah Wilson, the first round rookie tackle and his struggles during training camp. So I'm going to give you guys, I guess, my pros and my cons of the Isaiah Wilson pick and examine some of the reports that we have seen about Wilson coming out of training camp and I guess explain why it's time to maybe pump the brakes on the panic. And then to round out today's show, I'm going to continue our AFC South division preview, taking a look at the Indianapolis Colts. Yesterday we talked about the Jacksonville Jaguars, today we continue with the Colts and I will explain to you why I'm not as worried about the Colts as maybe a lot of the national media is. So I will get into all of that today. Two transactions from the Titans, Isaiah Wilson's slow start in camp, and previewing the Indianapolis Colts on the Locked On Titans podcast. Let's get it. Titans did not have practice on Wednesday, and in what has become a trend for the team, they made some roster moves on a non-practice day. On Wednesday, we saw the Titans sign a player and then subsequently cut a player as well. The signing came in the form of safety Doug Middleton. Middleton has played four seasons in the NFL. His first three seasons were with the New York Jets, and then last year he spent time with the Dolphins and the Jaguars. He has 14 games played in those four seasons. He has amassed 34 tackles and four pass breakups in those 14 games. Now, the reason that this signing took place for the Titans. First, the Titans did have a signing lined up with another safety they wanted to bring into camp in Walt Aikens. Aikens, of course, spent his entire career with the Dolphins, but the Aikens signing fell through, and that left an empty hole for the Titans in the safety room that clearly they wanted to fill. And not 
only did the signing of Aikens fall through, but the Titans have experienced some cluster injuries when it comes to their defensive back group and specifically the players who are meant to help on special teams. You look at 7th round rookie defensive back Chris Jackson. You look at cornerback Kareem Orr. And then you look at safety Dane Crookshank. All of them have missed different amounts of times. Jackson missed just one practice. And Kareem Orr has missed multiple practices in a row. And then Dane Crookshank has missed 7 practices in a row. So the Titans clearly wanted to bring in another defensive back when they tried to go after Walt Aikens. And then you combine the sign falling through with the injuries that I just mentioned and it makes all the sense in the world for the Titans to need another body at that safety position in that special teams unit but to make room for Middleton on the roster the Titans also had to make a cut and that cut came in the way of interior offensive lineman Avery Genesee and the Titans have a multitude of different options along the interior offensive line at this moment at some point they were going to have to cut down and it makes sense that the interior offensive line is one of the places where we see a cut. The Titans have had eight players along the interior offensive line in camp almost throughout the entire process. Of course, the starters, Ben Jones, Roger Saffold, Nate Davis, quality backup, Jameel Douglas, and then other interior offensive linemen vying for a spot, veteran Zach Karen and younger guys like Daniel Murner, Aaron Brewer, and then of course, Avery Genesee. The Titans most likely are only going to keep four players out of that group, so it makes sense that they would go ahead and cut at that position, despite the fact that throughout training camp, really, we've seen the Titans make coinciding moves at certain positions. If they cut a running back, they sign a running back. If they bring in an interior offensive lineman, they usually cut an interior offensive lineman. Usually the moves match up. That's not the case here, but like I said, it does make sense because the Titans are going to have to cut down that interior offensive line group anyways. So Genesee is out of the door, but can't rule out him returning to the Titans to be on the practice squad in this year that will see a lot of different roster movement and transactions. And of course, cut down day for the NFL from the 80-man roster that we see now to the typical 53-man roster is on Saturday, September the 5th. So when you're looking at a guy like Middleton who was just brought in today, he's only going to have a couple of practices to really make any kind of mark, which makes him quite the long shot to make the roster. But once again, September 5th, Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time is the mandatory roster cut down time. So that'll give us a ton of answers at all of these different positions and what the Titans are looking for for their 2020 roster. And during the season, whenever I'm looking for anything related to the Titans, I start with NFL Game Pass. Let me be honest with you guys. NFL Game Pass is my lifeblood. It gives me everything I need during the regular season to produce my Tic Tac Titan film breakdowns, scout opponents, scout the Titans schematically on offense and defense. It is an incredibly worthwhile resource for me. I couldn't be more appreciative or give more praise to NFL Game Pass and this season get football on your time with NFL Game Pass as well. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays and see all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. I love the condensed games. It allows me to watch all of the games throughout the week really intently. I'm obviously focused on the Titans game 
on Sunday and whatever games are flying around, never really focused on one outside of the Titans. So the condensed games are a great way for me to go back and catch a, a Jaguars versus Colts game that I really want to focus on in a short amount of time. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action all the football you can handle all in one place. And NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long. You'll learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. The Ryan Tannehill episode was absolutely fantastic where he broke down all of his best throws from the 2019 season. Go inside the game from a player's perspective. Watch them break down all the different game's concepts and techniques. There's a really good episode with Tredavious White from the Bills on playing cornerback. Cam Jordan, the pass rusher from the New Orleans Saints. I just absolutely love all of those. Some of the ones that I didn't mention, like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films Archive. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. Roland's Rant. I need to take this opportunity to have a conversation with you guys about first round rookie right tackle. It's a lot of R's. Isaiah Wilson, the panda. So, been seeing some reports coming out of Titans training camp that could possibly cause some concern about that first round pick. We have seen some reports, I'm not going to call anybody out by name specifically, try to ruffle any feathers or anything like that, because these are just reports. These are what people are seeing, what people are feeling. I can't blame anybody for saying what they think they see. And for what the reports are, they could all be true. So, obviously, take that into consideration as well. But let's dive into some of the things that we've been hearing. One, that Wilson is out of shape. Conditioning is a major issue. You can tell throughout practice that he's having a a tough time keeping up, and he may just not be in great football shape. So that's number one, is the conditioning is not there, and that's a concern anytime you see a professional athlete uh, not be in shape, not be in condition. There will be obvious questions asked and, and obvious eyebrows raised at that. Two, he's been losing one on one reps in training camp to Wyatt Ray or Jamal Davis, one of the undrafted free agent uh, guys from 2019 that are in their second year and just recently got into Titans training. Well, not recently at this point. It's been a few weeks, but they weren't there at the start. So you don't want you know guys who are coming off the street as undrafted free agents from last year dominating your first round pick at right tackle, and dominating is uh, maybe a a miscategorization of what's happening, losing the reps, and that's something that, you know, can't be denied. If he's losing reps, he's losing reps. It, It is what it is. But you put those two together. He's not in shape. He's losing reps to guys maybe he shouldn't be losing to in practice. I could see where the concern would come from there. And then third, this one was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back per se, the the drop that uh, 
spilled the bucket. Ty Sambrillo was getting right tackle reps with the second team offense in recent practices. So now, all three of those reports together, he's out of shape. He's losing 1v1 reps to guys he shouldn't be losing to consistently. And now, it seems he's falling down the depth chart to third string right tackle behind Ty Sambrillo. All of those are concerning, indeed. And then, I just want to add in the fact that Isaiah Wilson was caught during training camp at a party at Tennessee State University, which shows maturity concerns. So we have conditioning concerns, we have maturity concerns, we have, you know, losing reps to guys he shouldn't lose to, and then we have him possibly being demoted to third team. We don't know the coach's reasoning for that. Could just be looking, getting a better look at Ty Sambrillo. That could be the case. Could just be trying to send a message to Wilson. Whatever. We we could speculate all day about what, what could be the case there. But here's what I want to go through. The pros and the cons, even if these reports are true. So let's go through the pros here. One, it's been a limited offseason. Isaiah Wilson didn't have OTAs. He didn't have a rookie camp. He only had half of a training camp. He had no preseason games. Think about that. It's going to put any rookie at an obvious disadvantage. Not to mention, to get to point number two, Wilson is... A project pick. little throwback, little Easter egg for anybody out there. And being a project pick, we knew that there was developmental aspects to Isaiah Wilson's game when he was taken in the bottom of the first round. A lot of pundits said, hey, he's not really a first-round guy, but the talent is there, and he's so young that if you have the luxury of taking him and you have the luxury of sitting him, you could have yourself a Pro Bowl-level player after a little bit of development. So, Wilson's a project pick. And he had a limited offseason. You combine those two together, the guy is not going to be in the best position possible. It's not just he's a rookie who has a limited offseason to deal with. He was already a developmental pick. Look at his age. The guy can barely drink legally. He only played two seasons at Georgia after a redshirt. He left college as young and as early as you possibly could. So, of course, he's going to be a developmental guy. We knew that all along. And third, that's why the the signing of Dennis Kelly, bringing him back, was so, so important. This was all a plan. This was all a plan. You have Dennis Kelly. You can rely on him to play right tackle while you develop this stud that you got at the back end of the first round because your team was so good. Those are all the reasons that we shouldn't be worried, that this is expected, that it's not time to panic. However, however, let's get into some of the downfalls here, some honest downfalls. I have two of them, but they're pretty major, and I'll talk about them extensively now. The Titans are a win-now team. I've been preaching that the entire offseason. After you paid Ryan Tannehill $90 million guaranteed, after you give Derrick Henry $25 million guaranteed, you trade Jarrell Casey to open up cap room to hopefully go after a guy like Jadavian Clowney. 
The Titans went to the AFC Championship game last year. This is Super Bowl or bust for the Titans. They are in their window every single year now for this Ryan Tannehill contract is a win now year. Taking a right tackle at the back end of the first round who isn't going to be ready to play in his first year, at least at the beginning, isn't going to be able to contribute in his rookie season until maybe halfway through the year. And you know that. Like I said, we knew that because of his age, his longevity in college. Longevity isn't the the right word, but you know know what I'm saying here. Because of the amount of time he was in college, his age, his play style, we knew he was a project pick, a project pick. We knew he was developmental. So if you knew that already and you still picked him at the back end of the first round when this team is in win-now mode, then that's questionable. And I don't like to question John Robinson. I'm just playing devil's advocate here, just going through all the pros and cons. This team is in win-now mode, and Isaiah Wilson is not a win-now pick. So from that perspective, we can question it. But then... Here's another aspect of things that nobody really talked about that I mentioned today on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans. When you take a player in the first round, one of the greatest values you get is the potential of having a top-tier player at their position for cheap. Look at a guy like Nick Bosa for the San Francisco 49ers last year, and I understand the grains of salt that need to be thrown in here. Bosa was a much highly rate, much more highly rated player, much more highly drafted player. But part of the value of a Nick Bosa is he's such a good player for four, five years on a first round rookie contract. That fifth year, that fifth year is on a fifth year option if it's picked up and it's not as good of a value anymore. You get a, a pretty good chunk of change for your position. So really, the first four years of a first-round rookie's contract is incredibly valuable because in theory, you're getting top-tier talent and production for bottom-rate pay. Well, the Titans are wasting a year of that with Isaiah Wilson if, in fact, he's not going to be ready and be on the field until later in the season, if at all this season. And it it makes it worse because the Titans knew that. They knew that he was developmental. So if you want to look at it from that perspective, the Titans are losing an entire year of what makes a first-round pick so valuable. And they knew that going into it in a win-now mode. So those are the ways that you could question it. But when it comes to me, I am going to lean on the side of this is okay, it's all right, everyone relax. Let Isaiah Wilson get more practice time. Let Isaiah Wilson maybe get some game reps if the Titans can you know, make some games distant early on. There's some potential for that at the first half of the year. Everyone relax. Everyone calm down. It is not time to panic about Isaiah Wilson. But that is going to finish up my Rollins rant on the situation. Next, we are going to continue our AFC South Division preview. Yesterday, talked about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Today, going to be covering the Indianapolis Colts. So I will come back and explain to you why I'm really not that worried about the Colts this year. Let's continue our AFC South 
preview with the Indianapolis Colts. So as I mentioned, I talked about Jacksonville yesterday. Go ahead and check that out if you have not already. But let's talk about the Colts here. So first off, just some of the big things that happened during the offseason. They brought in veteran, most likely a Hall of Fame quarterback in Phillip Rivers. They also brought in what used to be one of the better cornerbacks in the NFL in Xavier Rhodes. Brought in tight end Trey Burton as well to compliment Jack Doyle. They also brought in two highly coveted draft picks on offense. Jonathan Taylor at running back out of Wisconsin. Michael Pittman Jr the wide receiver out of USC, the second round pick as well. And a lot of people are very high on both of those two rookies. And a lot of people in general are high on the Colts. And a lot of it, a lot of it centers around Phillip Rivers. A lot of people think that the Colts were a pretty good team last year. And if they would have had better quarterback play, better than a banged up Jacoby Brissett, then they would have been a playoff team or I guess a a more competitive team, someone that, you know, the big hitters in the AFC would have to worry about. Well, I'm here to tell you, I just don't buy it. Phillip Rivers threw 20 interceptions last year, and in my opinion, from watching the Chargers last year, Phillip Rivers was part of the problem, not part of the solution. He already had a wonky throwing motion that was kind of like a shot put, and he was able to get through His NFL career because of his intelligence and because of his tenaciousness. And he had strong arm talent even with a wonky throwing motion. But he's older now. 38 years old, I believe. He doesn't have the arm strength anymore. But he still has that tenaciousness and that competitiveness that has him forcing balls into situations that he just can't make the throws anymore. I don't think that Phillip Rivers is a major upgrade over Jacoby Brissett. I don't think that the Colts are that much better. Let's go through their depth chart like we did with the Jags yesterday. Looking at the offense, of course, the good offensive line. Costanzo, but Costanzo at left tackle considered retiring earlier in the year. So he's at the end of his career. Although he's still a solid player, he's at the end of his career. Quentin Nelson, yeah, he's probably the best guard in the NFL, future Hall of Famer. Ryan Kelly, good center. But on the right side, Mark Lewinsky, Braden Smith. Braden Smith's pretty good, but I'm not too worried about that right side of the offensive line. That's beatable. And then the weapons. Not high on the Colts' weapons at all. Trey Burton, he's a washout at two different places. Jack Doyle, Jack Doyle's serviceable, but he's not electric. He's not an explosive playmaker. He's just a secondary tight end at best. Go to wide receiver. T.Y. Hilton, yeah. A stud. Been a good player in this league for a long time. But he's so banged up all the time. T.Y. Hilton is guaranteed to miss a few weeks throughout the season. And then he's going to play half the season banged up. I mentioned Michael Pittman Jr., but he's a rookie. And I talked about in the Isaiah Wilson, Rollins rant, the setbacks that rookies are facing. Michael Pittman Jr. hasn't been impressing in camp. He hasn't been terrible, but he hasn't been a stud like they're acting like he's going to be. And then Paris Campbell has some upside as a second-year receiver, but he's always hurt and has already experienced some injuries in camp. So after that, Zach Pascal? I mean, come on. The, the Colts do not have a solid group of pass catchers. They're average at best. And then at running back, Marlon Mack, Naheem Hines, Jordan Wilkins, Jonathan Taylor, that's a pretty good set of guys. Pretty good set of guys. Can't say it's not, but 
Nobody like a Derrick Henry. Nobody like a Christian McCaffrey, a Saquon Barkley. They're all just solid backs. So I don't see anything impressive about the Colts' offense other than the left side of the offensive line. That's it. Everything else is relatively pedestrian. And I think that Phillip Rivers is less than pedestrian, just a little bit below average now. Moving on to the Colts' defense, defensive line has some some good talent there. Danico Autry, DeForest Buckner, obviously, is a great player. Ture is good. Justin Houston is a solid veteran. Their linebacker core is pretty solid, too. Darius Leonard is a standout. Anthony Walker is okay. Not great in pass coverage. Okariki is a solid athlete. He's a little bit better. But other than Leonard, just, you know, kind of average, solid. I would say solid is better than average. Average has too much of a negative connotation. But their secondary is downright bad. TJ Carey, Rakia Sin. Xavier Rhodes was miserable the last few seasons. Oh, he's healthy now. Rhodes closed again. No, come on. Unbridled optimism in training camp. Tropes. We hear it all the time. Corey Willis and Malik Hooker are solid safeties, but the Colts declined Malik Hooker's fifth-year option, so clearly they're not that high on him. So I don't see anything impressive about the Colts' defense. They, They got solid groups in the front seven. But the secondary is below average. There's nothing impressive about the offense outside of the left side of the offensive line. I just don't see what people see in the Colts here. I think that they're a, an average team, 7-9, and 8-8, eight and eight, right around where they were last year. Maybe worse if Phillip Rivers implodes. But like I said and teased all show, just not too worried about the Indianapolis Colts this year. I'm not. And the Titans play them in a precarious situation, though, which I'm not worried about the Colts overall in terms of winning the division, but the Titans definitely have to pay attention to when they play the Colts because of where they're scheduled. The Titans play the Colts two times in three weeks in a weird schedule quirk. Now, go from the Titans by week in week seven. They come out week eight, play the Bengals in Cincinnati. That game's going to be tougher than people think. Then the Titans have the Bears at home. That should be a win. Then the Titans play the Colts at home in week 10. They have to win that game because what comes next is a game with the Ravens in Baltimore. So coming out of the bye, that should be three wins for the Titans, Bengals, Bears, Colts, and they need it to be because that's when they play the Ravens next. But then right after that, they play the Colts again in Indianapolis. And it's going to be tougher to play Indy in Indy. The Titans always struggle there. Always a weird game. So it's very important for the Titans to handle business coming out of their bye. Bengals, Bears, Colts win those three games. That's the Colts home game. Go against the Ravens. That's tough. They could lose that game in Baltimore. And even if they lose in Indianapolis because Indy is still a competitive team, the Titans then have Browns, Jaguars, Lions. So the Titans have an opportunity. They have to win one of those Colts games because they have two easy games before the first Colts game. Two, not easy, but winnable games after the second Colts game. So they can only afford to lose one of those games at max. But that's where I see things right now. Weird that the Titans will play the Colts two times in three weeks at the back half of the season, but that just increases how important those games are, even if I think the Colts aren't a threat to the playoffs 
in the AFC. But that is going to do it for my preview of the Indianapolis Colts. We are going to move on to the Houston Texans tomorrow and wrap up not only the AFC South Division preview, but this week of the Locked On Titans podcast. Make sure you guys check out NFL Game Pass, man. It's an excellent resource. I love it personally. You guys will too. But that is going to do it for me today. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked On Titans.